Hello everyone, it is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast, and if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and of course the game of hockey, but we want to reach this out to a wider audience, and doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends, and I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Of the PJ's cast, I'm your host Pierce, joined alongside of Vinny, Reagan, and Charles. What's going on, guys? Not much. Not much, yeah. Not much. Yeah, Sam. Chilling, chilling like a villain. All right. So our poor pal Jimmy is out again. Um, he has some ulcers in his mouth, and I had to say put that, him on the taxi squad again. Yeah, he's uh, he's day to day, but uh, hope he's all right. The LTIR. Yeah, not the LTIR. It's not that uh, serious yet, but. Uh, yeah, we hope he we hope he recovers quickly. But yeah, um, so don't waste any time. Um, so the Blackhawks are o three and o again. Not surprising, like we said last time. We kind of expected this. Um, Tampa Bay, they've played Tampa Bay twice, and kind of ex- as we expected. But they played Florida yesterday, and um, you're thinking. Maybe this could be a bit of a close game for the Blackhawks because obviously they're not the Florida's not the defending Stanley Cup champions and they have nowhere near as good as a roster, albeit they're still way so still way better than the Blackhawks. But uh, the same result, you know, a, a pretty good start um, by their standards. I mean, not giving up a goal in the first period, I think, is a, is a win for them. And they even got the first goal if uh, Patrick Kane was an offside. But uh, you know, that's a whole a different topic. But you could just. They were they were playing like all right. They were playing all right, but then the second period it's where it all far, falls apart. I remember Vinny in our chat. I was like, uh, Blackhawks challenge not give up a goal within the the first minute, and then they score like twelve seconds in, and I'm like, God, here we go again. This is where it happens, and they just play. Like, knew it was gonna happen. Yeah, you could just tell it was coming, and they just played like garbage for the first half, but then they picked it up. They got uh, that power play goal from Debrink, and it was only one goal, and then. Coming to the third period, Connor Murphy scores a goal. Hey, maybe they have a chance to win this game. Maybe they're back in it. But then right after, I mean, just uh, they were – I think Keith and Murphy got caught flat-footed. And then – how do you say his name? Leo Sterren, uh, the Finnish guy. Lusterainen, I'm Lister pretty Reinen, sure how you say it. Uh, yeah, he scored – got his first uh, NHL goal. Good for him. And then it just – I have to give Town credit. He did a good trade for once. He was in the Trocek trade, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Yeah. But he got his first NHL goal. Then, like a, I think like a minute or two later, unf- another unfortunate bounce goes to Han right through Delia's five hole, and then you could just tell that was kind of game right there. I mean, it's only two goals. I mean, you've seen crazier things happen, but you could just tell just the way things were going that that was kind of it for the Blackhawks. And it's it's again, it's only three games in, but you can just tell where this team is at. And unfortunately, with this short of a season and the kind of team they have. 
you can just tell they're not a, a playoff team. And you can't even necessarily blame uh, Colin Delia or even Malcolm Subban for that matter. Obviously, they haven't been amazing, but it's just the defense in front of them, the team in front of them. It's it's going to be tough. And uh, we did get a quote from Jeremy Colton today saying that uh, Kevin Lincoln will get a chance, which is exciting because I know all of us are, are excited to see him play. But, uh, yeah, I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on the, the game against Florida. Well, uh, you can't uh... – <clears throat> You certainly can't come. You sure. You certainly can't play from behind if you're the Blackhawks. I mean, they don't have, they don't have the manpower to do that. So, if the Blackhawks are going to win many games, if the Blackhawks are going uh, to win games this year, uh, however many they do win, probably not a lot. Not a but, lot, yeah. Um, if they have any chance, like if they do win a game, it'll be because they started off well and got some goals right away. Because. You know, you take, there's no Taves, there's no Doc. You're not going to be able to come from behind. Like you might, you might get lucky and come from behind maybe once or twice, but you're not, you can't expect to uh, when you're shorthanded like that. I mean, yeah. I agree. Don't come about, or don't come from behind and just try to get the momentum like right off the bat and just kind of go into that, try and get the lead early and just build off of that and try not to get far behind and have to play catch up. Yeah, um, it's just like again, like Vinny said, we don't have the the finishers like we did, like we used to. Like obviously, we got Kubli, Kane, and all those guys, but our top two centers are out. We simply don't have the the offense like yeah. we did in years past, where it's like even if we're down like three nothing, we could still come back. But uh, this, this year, it's gonna um, be tough. And, and again, this really not, shows. Yeah. Oh, sorry, for this no, really shows, shows yeah. how important Taves is to the team. Like it really shows. And Kirby like, Doc. Yeah. And Doc. Not just like Kane getting, you know, in an 82 game season, 20 goals, 50, like 40 assists, and a great two way player. Just, there's just more. The stuff you can't measure on the stat sheet, the leadership, like the poise, like the tangibles. It's just, you're seeing it. They're missing their leader. And it's just obvious. Yeah, it's. It does suck. They don't like have that. Uh, they don't have that Taves or even a Seabrook for that matter. And and it's it's interesting again this year. It's interesting that it's 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 going to be a tough year, obviously. And you go under who's going to be kind of that step up player in the locker room, especially without a Taves out there or even a Seabrook. And the last podcast or the one before that, I said something. How I saw a tweet about someone saying they're interested to see if like Kubalik is going to be able to like, sorry, <laughs> perform no, okay. the same way. Um. Like, without Taze, like, this season, because, like, Taze kind of helped him a lot last season. And, I mean, even, like, this year so far, like, Kubelik hasn't gotten a lot of minutes, I feel like, as compared to, like, what we've seen before, like, what we're expecting, which I think isn't helping. But I don't know. It's just getting frustrating already. You thank the boy wonder coach, Jeremy Carlton. Even if Kubelik – like, even when Kubelik does – when he plays well, he won't play him, and it's just infuriating. Yeah. Yeah, the whole motto this year is supposed to be we need to develop these guys, and I think we're going to get into Adam Bokfus a little later. But, you know, not playing Kubalik, not playing Kershev, who I thought has been really good these uh, these first couple games he's been in. He's been rocked a couple of times, and you know his uh, NHL, his first NHL goal is going to be coming, like, sooner rather than later. But, he's again, so uh, he is, definitely. But you just look at these top – their top players, like Kubalik, Strom, and – 
um Kershev just I thought they've been great as a line but they're not getting much ice time and then you know Jeremy Colton goes on saying oh it's kind of skewed you know and all that stuff but we can just contradicting yourself yeah we can we can see this they're not getting much ice time and then I mean (laughs) God bless Matthew Highmore uh David Camp and and Ryan Carpenter and all those bottom six guys but like those guys (laughs) are not gonna help you in like I think I like their energy and all that stuff but you need if like again, you need to be playing these top guys like a Kershev, like a yeah, Tom, like a Kublik, especially in a year when you're trying to develop. Like I've liked Kershev and I've liked Suter. I'd be playing those guys way more the way they played so far. Like I liked Suter on the first line. Like I, yeah. he looked good to me. I mean, it I does know. help playing with Kane and Debrinket, but like, he did look really good. I know the goal got called back because Kane was offside, but that setup from Suter was that was a really nice pass and a really nice setup. A really yeah, slight thing. Right, right, back. right to the guy that he probably learned it from. Right, the spinorama pass. It's usually yeah. it was Kane to Hosa before. Man, it. Kane got robbed by Joel Quindle. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. just it's Coach Q's last fuck you to the organization for firing him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I took it as. But um, yes, fire me when I have Brandon Manning on my roster. And and not not just that, it's also his final fuck you because of the roster they left him with that last mm-hmm. year. Because it was Brandon like, Manning, Chris Kudit had like four ten, and I remember the fossil fossils we signed that year. Our Back replacement that year. Too. We had the replacement was Martinson. Like that just like epic depth of that team. Do you do some like revisionist history or whatever? But like I really would have liked to see what um uh, Coach Q could have done with that roster because obviously heading into mm-hmm. that twenty eighteen nineteen season, they they was not a good team. But at the same time, they were like off to a, like a pretty good start considering how yeah. good the team was. And then they go on like a what a three game just... losing streak and he's gone. It's just I would have mm-hmm. liked to seen him with a chance with a player like Dylan Strom, like a chance with a player like Kirby Duck, how he would have had him handle Adam Bogfuss. And that goes to Jeremy Colton as well. What if he had a chance to to stay in Rockford and develop more of these guys? Because one thing I've been concerned of is like, we haven't been able to produce these top end guys from Rockford. You look at Nicholas Bowden and uh, Adam Bogfuss in Rockford, they've kind of struggled. And I would have wondered if uh, Jeremy Colton staying in Rockford, um, if that would have helped them. I would have loved yeah. to see that happen. And just like, you rushed. I mean, Jeremy Colton. For all the flack we give him, like he's been rushed into it. Like he's mm. been ru- totally rushed. I think he's gonna be a great coach down the line, but he's totally been rushed. And it's just, just, just he was set up for failure to begin exactly. with. I don't like him as a coach, but man, he was set up for failure. Even if he was a good coach, he had to follow Joel Quinville. I don't think anyone's like, arguably the greatest coach in Blackhawks history. There was nothing he would have done that could measure to that, and no one would have thought he was good. Like, Rockford was struggling for a while. Then they got Colleton coaching in Rockford, and they started to get like a lot better. They, I think they made the playoffs. Like for the yeah, they made the conference final. Yeah. I think they lost to Texas. Like then they made it. Like they made a deep playoff run, and then he gets brought up to the NHL level, and it just kind of. I also I feel <laughs> like you. Colleton's a guy who works good with younger talent. The Hawks yeah. are a younger team now, but the best players on the team are your are older or they're in their mid twenties and not really considered young. Like he's more of a guy who would work with prospects than an NHL team. To me, he's just like an AHL coach. Who's good with prospects. He's not good enough as an NHL coach, at least to me. I think Quenville, I think coach Q 
at least earned the right to try and right the ship with a team that was uh, going into a sort of transition, like mm-hmm. like like uh, like we were when when he was fired. And so I feel like if you wanted to move on from him, I mean, maybe just like I feel like Carlton. If you wanted to get him in there, you probably should have just done it like now, instead of instead of going to Carlton then when you probably should have just stuck with Quenville. I mean, it obviously wasn't his fault. We talked about the roster that he was left with. It was awful. I mean, I think he earned the right to um, try and get the team, uh, try and stick with the team when they were going downhill through like yeah. roster turnover and all that. Yeah, with. Yeah, sorry, you go, Regan. Like, you were saying earlier, like, I feel like the year he got fired, that team showed a lot of potential, but the, they just had a few rough games, and then they just kind of, like, got, like, we're done with him, and just, like, threw it all away. And I'm like, well, that's not really fair to him. I feel like he probably could have had a chance to, like, see what he can do with their team, like, with the rest of that season, because it was kind of early still, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think know, it was, I think it was, like, 10 games in the season, or no, no, it wasn't 10, it was, like, 15 games, because like I think they were November, 6, 6, and 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was like an eight-game yeah. losing streak in there or something. Like mm-hmm. The yeah. team just the team just wasn't good. Like it's just it's just a bad team. Yeah. There's no depth. Like, like I remember Alexander Fortan was playing in the top six. <laughs> Ooh, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Well, it reminds me of when Seth Griffith played first line with the Panthers in 2017. Oh. Yeah, well. no, it's it's it's, uh, it's it's hindsight now, but. You know they probably should have kept Q around at least at least a, a while longer, at least another season. Yeah, I at least would have let him like finish out that season and just see how they ended, and then <clears throat> from the- yeah, if they like they feel like finish up the year and they don't make the playoffs, like I could understand getting fired in there, but it's yeah. like you didn't even give them the chance to like figure out the rest of the year. And then when as soon as you fire Carlton, that again, that's when you make the moves. That's when you acquire Dylan Strom, and then that's when you go into the next offseason and acquire guys like uh, Calvin DeHaan and Robin Leonard and making somewhat of a playoff-bound team. And I think Joel Quenville with that 2019-2020 roster could have taken them a lot further than what Carlton did. But that's, that's, that's literally what I was just about to say. You look at it – like you look at the team last year. Like when I say you should have kept Q to stick through, you know, when they were going downhill – Last year's team was was better than the team he got left with when he was fired, right? So, you know, who knows? Like we, like I said, it's all it's hindsight now. But I, yeah, with that team last year, I mean, way there's way more there. There would have been way more opportunity for him with that team than the team that he was left with. And you just fast forward to this year and every, every decision, like even as much as, as much as we get mad at some players and the coaches that every decision comes back to Stan Bowman. And I just, hmm. I understand their intentions like to tank and stuff. Obviously it's not going to be a great year. And I mean, to, like to, to like be fair to them, I think they've done a good job of acquiring guys on one-year contracts, guys like uh, Yanmark, Walmart, and Soderberg. But this is something they should have done last year instead of going all. As much as I like Calvin DeHaan and even someone like Ole Mata, this they should have done this last year. They should have got those guys like Yanmark, Walmart, Soderberg the year before on one-year contracts. Yeah. Instead with, of when going, you have Crawford. Yeah, instead of going all in with someone like DeHaan, who has turned as much as I like him, instead of going all in with the term and same with like someone like Ole Mata, you should have gone one year and 
Han is like made of glass like, too. The, he gets the, hurt the, every the year. Last year with with the Yanmark and Walmart depth signings, like, and you got Crawford and Nett. Like, man, that that could have been like uh, we we missed out. Like, it's that that could have been something like not 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 necessarily something special, but I mean, it would have been way nicer than this year. I mean, especially you also had Hunter backing up, like yeah. Over yeah. a little over half. Well, you, you go from you go from the insane. best goalie tandem to like the yes. worst. But yeah. I mean, hopefully it's, they hopefully uh, they just uh, uh, hopefully they flip those guys at the at the deadline for and that's, for maybe a late that's first. The whole I think. thing that's like the whole thing last year. Even if they didn't make the playoffs, if they had these guys on one year contracts like yeah. the yeah, Mark the Walmarts, the Soderbergs, they could have flipped them for draft picks. And it's just oh, it always it always comes back to Bowman, and it, it really. But does. I mean, hopefully if. I, I mean, I've been. I'm, I really want them to try and get another late first, because with with all these lefty D men that are good in this draft, you can really you can complete the picture of your future defense in this draft. Yeah, kind of on that. Kind of on that point of the future of our defense. Um, Adam Bokfist. It's it's been a tough first three games for him and by Swedish Prince. Yeah, our <laughs> Swedish Prince. But you know, it's. Again, it's not his fault that Adam Bogfist was totally rushed, and I would have liked to see what he could have done in Rockford a full year. And mm-hmm. and they they just threw him into the deep end way too quickly. John McDonough, that was something he really wanted to do. I I don't think Stambo went to, so I'll give him credit there. But like at the same time, they wanted to bring him up, get him in there. You know, ha, eight, top top ten pick playing in the lineup. He's only nineteen or twenty, whatever he was at the time, and. There's a ton of offensive potential. I'm pretty sure he's point per game in these in these first three games, but it's just he's been so poor defensively, and I, I don't blame him. The guy is the guy is 20 years old. Like how many defensemen come in and are like just stalwart defensively? Well, you know. I mean, we we were there at draft night. Everyone the the consensus was this guy is going to be a project. Pro- yeah. yeah, it's going to be a project. Uh, if you didn't want a project, well, maybe you would have gone for Bouchard or or Dobson or whatever. Like, I mean, that's that's the ceiling. That's who both he is. Had he's, much he's, higher. Yes, exactly. So you went with the guy that's going to take longer. He has the higher upside. But we're here at twenty. I mean, like I said this, I said this in our group chat. I mean, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes him till he's twenty three, twenty four years old before he really starts to figure figure his game out. You know. Yeah, like Eric Carlson was not really good defensively till like later on in his career. Like it took him a few years to pick him up, figure it out. Obviously, he's always had that great skating and great offensive ability, but it takes a lot of time to figure out the defensive game, your defensive game. <laughs> like if you, it's this isn't just isn't just for defensemen. Like, so I'd also add, yeah. it's like you see this with European defensemen especially because they have to get used to smaller ice, yeah. a different game. They have to get they have to get used to the North American game. You look at a guy like Mitchell, who's spent his whole career in North America and he's played in college. He looks ready because this is all he's played. Bofus has played like Europe and Europe for a very long time, and you got yeah, to get used to North American. His first North America hockey was when he played in London that first year, like the year mm-hmm. after he got drafted. Yeah. yeah, but. And he lit it up too. <laughs> yeah, he won point per with, game. With that, yeah, with that. I want to say he scored twenty goals and forty assists. So yeah, um, yeah, it's like right on the dot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, like 
But again, Bulkfist, it's going to take a while. I just wish they would have kept them in Rockford. But the thing mm-hmm. is, this year, we don't know what the AHL situation is. I'm pretty sure they were aiming for February 5th start. I don't know if Rockford's going to play, but maybe yeah, they, can find a, they can find that's a way. They can... Based off of their social media post, I saw I don't, know, I don't remember if it was Twitter or Instagram. I saw something today, and like they're getting the ice ready. So I think they are going to yeah. play. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, because I really think Bulkfist needs that time. And, you know, this whole year is about development and that's exactly mm-hmm. what you want to do. And obviously you want to get both that playing time. Well, do that in the AHL, you know, let him build yeah. his confidence off because apparently it, it's apparent that it's shot right now. There, yeah. There's no rush here. Like, I mean, like they're really like, there's no rush on both development and there's no rush from the Blackhawks standpoint where we're thinking that they're going to be some great team this year or even next year. So like, you don't want to. The last thing you want to do is rush a guy to the point where, uh, to the point where he isn't, uh, to the point where you mess up his development. Where you mess so, up a lot of it. I think a lot of yeah. it has to do between the years. Obviously, I don't know Adam Bokefist personally, but confidence. like confidence is a lot of it. But I think, again, like he's he even like. Like the thing was Kirby Doc when he got drafted, it was like, yeah, this guy probably has a good chance of making the NHL because he's six four, he's two hundred pounds, he's incredibly skilled. But then Adam Bokefist, even in his draft in twenty eighteen, he even said, "I'm probably two or three years away." And that's mm. and if you're still going yeah. off of his own timeline, he shouldn't be in the NHL right now. Mm. And he's not someone who is big. I think he's only six feet and like one hundred eighty pounds. It's he's not a overly big guy. Like he's not going to overwhell you defensively. So obviously, he needs time in Rockford. I mean. Like, I remember watching the game when they were on the power play and Barkov just started manhandling him. Like, like on like on a power play, Barkov was just like, all right, I'm taking the puck off you right now. And he was getting hemmed so hard. Mm. And, like, he became glued to the bench after that. And I felt I'm like, I was like, oh, man. The, the confidence thing becomes even larger. Like, it, it becomes even more of... Uh, it becomes even larger in terms of important uh, importance because we're talking about an offensive defenseman here and for Boakfast to be at his best, he has to be rushing the puck. He has to be joining the rush. He has to feel free to do all that stuff. And you don't got confidence to do that. You're not going to do it. Right. And you're going to be shy to do it. And so that's what we're seeing early from Boakfast right now. And again, don't panic because I'll keep saying it. It's, it's a project. It's going to be a long time. He's still 20 years old, man. Yeah. Exactly. So just take it with a grain of salt. And that's clearly something that needs to be uh, worked on. Is and confidence. you brought up the fact that like he needs like he need when he has the puck, he needs to be confident when he ha- he's the type of person when he has yeah. the puck on the stick that's where he's best and that's why someone like Ian Mitchell who maybe isn't as dynamic offensively as Ian Mitchell he can better stick around because he's more better of a, a two-way forward or two-way defenseman and that's why I think there's obviously been some moments where it's like he's kind of caught in no man's land but at the same time you expect that out of a 22 year old rookie defenseman who's playing in the NHL yeah, for the first time and I, and I think I think Mitchell uh, he's just you can tell like he's he's more mature right like he's 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 matured more than Boakvist because you know last year he probably could have played in the NHL but he decided to stay in Denver and be the captain and that's important that like you that, got, yeah do you got and, time use it and now you uh here he is in the NHL this year and he's in a position to thrive and not just survive 
yeah and like again if you got time like use it let Bokefist sit like play in Rockford if that's an option because like what are you really doing by keeping him up here and then I can understand benching him but like when you just start doing that over and over again like it's like okay what are we is he actually learning do we need to send him down like just give someone like Carlson or Kalanuck the chance because they're also mm-hmm. not young defensemen you want to see what you have in them and you want Bokefist to be confident you want him to be like just like if he's playing in Rockford or the HL like even if it's just on another team like on a shared team like let him play top power play minutes let him figure it out against lesser competition let him even play on the penalty kill just let him get a taste of these things against lesser competition just let him slowly build it up instead of just throwing him into the deep end because some because not a lot like most players aren't like that you can't just throw him into the deep end even Kirby Doc last year like he had he struggled off the like off right off the bat he didn't put up a bunch of offense there's a bunch of games where he only played like a few minutes a night but you could just see him like he started getting more confidence like whenever he has the puck he can just bowl through everyone because he's such a big guy and a freak of nature and he's got the most five on five minutes in the in the playoffs against Edmonton in Vegas like you can just tell his confidence was growing but Bokefist he needs time and I think I've like I've said that over and over again but that's what he needs when you and this year, I don't want to say it's a lost year because this could be a very important year in terms of development, but obviously right now things are bleak, but you just want to do, you need to develop your players. That's what you need to do. But um, yeah, I would definitely like to see Kalanuk or Carlson get a chance in there because you want to, you want to see what you got. I've liked what Carlson has done in his brief, uh, like his brief uh, kind of tenure with the team. And uh, I've heard a lot of things about Kalanuk. So I'd like to see one of them get a chance too. Especially Bodine. I yeah, and Bowden too. I think Bowden. I think Bowden should be in the AHL as well. But yeah, if he can get a couple games in there, that'd be mm-hmm. good for him. Because well. he only he only got that one game, right? Mm-hmm. And he looked okay in it. Yeah. And you want to see what you got with him as well. I think it's important to give him time. But again, if it's the same thing as Bogfist, where his confidence just just looks hot. But I also think Bowden could have a better chance than Bogfist because he's one of those guys where he's a lot of think to his game. It's not a lot of stick handling, dynamic to his game. It's more of a thinker that could be more beneficial to him, or he could be better suited to stay on the team than someone like Bogefist in my mind but yeah um I don't know you guys any got anything else more to add uh, <clears throat> not not right now yeah so we were we were trying to go like do this thing like positive negative and we did the negatives kind of with the goaltending and the uh and uh Bogefist and it's not Again, it's not their fault, man. Like they've been put in an unfair position. But I just want to hear what have been some positives for you guys. What is what are some players that have stood out to you? Kurashev, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, right away definitely. to me. Um, uh, Suter looks like a guy. Looks like what he what we thought he'd be, mm-hmm. and and yeah. um, what the scouting report on him was certainly. Um, he gets to the net. He works hard. And he's actually got some. He's actually got some nice hockey sense to go with it. He's I got think. some, and he's got some skill too. The guy did a yeah. spinorama pass. He tried yeah. it between the leg shot. Like he's got and, some talent. And, and and more than just the fact that he did uh, the fact that he did that, but he just uh, the mindset for him to to be confident enough to do that is nice to see. Because mm-hmm. you know, like like just to to, uh, to be in attack mode for a guy that's uh, just come into the NHL. He's trying to get his feet wet. He's not just thinking to, to do uh, um, the simple play or whatever you want to call it. The safe play. Yeah. Like you could you could have easily looked like an idiot on that play and like lost the puck or like fell down or anything, but like he, mm. he pulled that off perfectly. Fact that, that he goes for a spinorama. Yeah. I mean, he's he's obviously confident, so that's good to see. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and sorry, go ahead. No, you no 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 you go. Huh? Oh, like I know he hasn't really gotten a shot yet, but I am excited to see like Lincoln in when he finally gets mm-hmm. a chance to play, just because I feel like one of you said it earlier. I don't remember who said it, but someone to that they were saying like Lincoln in probably has the most potential mm-hmm. out of what we have right now, and I'm just excited. I don't know who said it. One of you said it. Then just obviously it's probably not going to be that much of a difference right now with how we've been playing. But I do think at least like down the line, it can be a lot better. To see what you got. One person I also want to see get a chance in the lineup is Brandon Hagley. Obviously had that one game last year alongside of Bowden. I thought he looked good. And and again, you want to be playing your young guys um, like like Yanmark and Walmark, I think they've been fine on the penalty kill, but again, you just want to, it's development. You want to get these guys a chance. Uh, Brandon Hagley, he was a shot generating machine. So I just like, I'd like to see him get in there, get some chances because he's really good at generating offense and getting a lot of shot off and a really good goal scorer. And I just think that he's someone who could get a, a chance in there. So, yeah. Um, so positives, uh, we've liked Kurashev. I think Ian Mitchell has been all right, considering DeBrinket you know, has Yeah, that's another year. good thing. bring yeah. it starting to like get the puck luck he didn't have last year because yeah. he had so many crossbars and posts and just mm-hmm. like chipped the shot over the like it was so much of that last year, and it's like Imagine not I, it's not happening as much this year. I'm glad you pointed that out because. I remember I, that's one of the things I was saying before this year. I was just saying to myself, there's no way he doesn't bounce back in terms of his goal, to- uh, goal totals. Because if you ask him about last year, he'll tell you that he felt he played well. But 18 goals, I mean, that's... that's you could match that. You could surpass not, yeah. that total this year in yeah, lots of games. Yeah. And the thing about goal scores, unless you're Alex Ovechkin, you're always going to have at least one year where it's like the... The, yeah. like the puck doesn't go in like your shooters percentage goes down and then you have some years where like you have like a 20 percent shooting like it all evens out but there's gonna be some years where you sh- where you, your shooting percentage is higher and then it's lower it's just really it's just hot was the thing with Jabrinkit last year is that he did everything right but just couldn't get it in the net yeah, yeah. The post, so much of that last year the crossbar hit the post like and like that can that can really shoot your confidence. Like we've talked about that a lot, confidence this episode. But that's good to, yeah. that he's going early and on. And you know, you he got that new contract. You want him to live up to it. And he's I think he's certainly lived up to it so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're running out of time here. Um, do you guys have anything else to add, or we can close it off here? Anything no. else like around the league that has stood out to you this season that you want to bring up? Hmm. What about your Florida Panthers, Charles? How are you feeling about them? Uh, well, they looked uh, they looked good considering they hadn't played. This is their first game. I'm holding out optimism because they played the Hawks this year. <laughs> and I mean, I liked Wenberg. He looked pretty good. He he did everything right but score. Like E two lose to Reinen. They got in the Trocheck trade. I think could be something. Carter Verhage, like. It, man, he's he's good. Like I'm really amazed. Like it's that's just how deep the Lightning are as a team. That guys like Verhage are just like they're on that roster and they could c- contribute so much. Like the team did look better. Yandel scored out of spite of me to make me eat shit, of course. Um, but the team did look good. Drieger, like oh, I thought he was great. Drieger, Drieger is like. He's so common that he doesn't move a lot. He stays square to the puck. 
Gee, I don't know if he's gonna get a starting role because of Bobrovsky, but like, man, like you, when you, yeah, whenever you need him to go in there, I think Bobrovsky's be- already playing next game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. Do you think they make the playoffs this year? Um, I, I want to personally. I want to say they don't. I want to say they don't because then they'll make it somehow. <laughs> it's because they have a team like 2016. Their team is not an amazing team on paper. But their bottom six is deeper than it was last year. Fourth is a possibility for them, I think. I think they could get fourth. If, yeah, if, they're going to be battling with like Columbus and Nashville. For I that think spot. Dallas is going to have a like a slump year with Sagan and Bishop up. I just think Dallas is not going to have that. Like Columbus, they're a team that's so structured. It's like what I like what Zito's done with the team is the structure. It's not just talent. Like, you see a scheme, I guess. All right. So that's it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, thanks for Vinny and Reagan and Charles coming on. It's always nice talking to you guys. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Peace, y'all. Bye.